Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of my Dynasty Fantasy Football content. You love the last one, so let's jump into a new one on my top five Dynasty Fantasy Football risers. Let's go. First one, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I've seen an uptake in his play lately. Last game, 7 for 62 on 11 targets against the Cowboys. I wish he'd scored that touchdown. I know it was overturned by replay, but it was his best game of the year. Overall, he's not having the best rookie year. I'm not going to lie. We're not happy with 45 catches, 468 yards, and two touchdowns over 12 games, but it's not the worst. It's important to remember that he was a consensus top prospect coming out of Ohio State. He turns 22 years old in February, and I think that the Seahawks have to see that JSN is their second best wide receiver right now and has a path to pass DK Metcalf as their wide receiver one. Tyler Lockett is fading away. Over the last three games, he's just had 4.3 catches and 42.7 yards per game. He hasn't looked as good. He's 31 years old, turned 32 at the start of next season. I think that this week, the Seahawks are going to get JSN even more involved against the 49ers. They're going to make him a significant part of their game plan, like they did in the last game, because they need him. They need a throw to him if they're going to win. Um, in November's DLF ADP, he had fallen all the way down to wide receiver 19. I think for someone of JSN's pedigree, draft capital, and talent, that's just too low. Right now, I have him at Dynasty wide receiver 12. So I, I'm in on him, and I think we're going to, we've seen him rise, and I think we're going to continue to see him rise as the season wraps up. If you haven't gotten in on him, if you're uh, contending, you know, a rebuilding team and uh, you're looking to acquire someone who's going to gain value, he's one of the top players on my list. The next riser is Rasheed Rice. Over the past two weeks, the Chiefs have finally relented and turned Rasheed Rice into their real wide receiver one. Eight catches in both games. Nine and 10 targets. He's totaled 191 yards and a touchdown over those two weeks, leading the wide receivers in snaps. For the season, he leads Chiefs wide receivers in all receiving categories. 52 catches, 591 yards, five touchdowns. No other Chiefs wide receiver has more than 22 catches. So they're all so horrible. <laughs> of course, the Chiefs cannot proceed with their current wide receivers. No one other than Rice, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, none of these guys deserve to even be a top three rotational wide receiver on a competent offense. But, so they will add guys, but there's no doubt that Rasheed Rice has cemented himself into a real role in a Patrick Mahomes-led offense, and that is valuable. Travis Kelsey, we know, is contemplating retirement. Even if he doesn't retire, he looks ever so slightly less dominant, and as he becomes 34, which he is now 35 next year, there's just no way that he's going to be able to carry the offense to the extent that he's done over the last couple of years. Rice, for me, is a solid dynasty asset. He has youth and draft capital on his side. In November's DLF ADP, he ranked as wide receiver 32. I have him right now as wide receiver 24, and I think he still has some room to grow at that price given the youth and given the, the offense that he plays in, if he really uh, turns it out over the last half of the, or not half, last few weeks of the year and in the playoffs. 
but I am I've solidified Rasheed Rice as a solid dynasty asset uh, moving forward. My next riser, Kyron Williams. He opened the year as a surprise starter for the Rams in week one, pushed Cam Akers aside, pushed aside Zach Evans. And then from week two onwards, he dominated. Over the five-week stretch where he was the clear starter, he averaged 16.4 carries, 80.8 yards, 2.6 catches for 20.6 receiving yards, over 100 yards of production per game from week two to week six. Dominated snaps consistently, and his pace would have given him 1,374 yards over a full 17-game season. But in week six, he suffered that ankle injury, which led him to go on IR and ruled him out until week 12. And then he was kind of eased in in week 12, only a 61% snap share. But in week 13, we went right back to the 94% snap share, 21 carries and three catches, 112 total yards and a touchdown. I think it's very clear to me at this stage that Kyron Williams is going to be the Rams 2024 starter. And I do think he's going to share some work. They have to bring in someone better than Ronnie Rivers or Royce Freeman or Zach Evans as the backup. There's going to be a real backup there. But Kyron Williams has real dynasty value. In November, when he was still hurt, he was ranked as dynasty running back 26. I now have him as dynasty running back 13. Now, That doesn't mean that I want to spend an early pick on him. In fact, I would suspect that Kyron Williams is going to be sell for me, not a buy, during the offseason. But at this point, we've gotten to the point where you need a first to sell him. And there are going to be situations where you can get that. But that's the value range he's in now. He's not in the speculative value range that he was in before. Now, speaking of running backs who are rising... We got to talk about Keaton Mitchell because I'm not hearing his name come up this week as I thought I would. As you know, he made the initial 53-man roster and he missed five games with an injury, returned for week six, barely played, got hurt again in week seven, came back in week nine. And since week nine, he's risen in snap count every week. He went from 18% to 24% to 36% to 46%. In week 12, where he was finally the backfield leader, he's averaging like eight, nine yards a carry, two touchdowns, 29 carries for 269 yards over that period of time, five catches for 61 yards. But the key thing is that in week 12, he was the lead running back. But since the Ravens had a bye in week 13, I feel like people have forgotten that because I'm not hearing his name this week when talking about things as much as I should. Either way. Keen Mitchell was ranked as RB48 in November's DLF ADP. We are talking about a player who, in my opinion, has shown that he's going to have a role next year. Will the Ravens bring in another running back? I don't know. J.K. Dobbins is injured, a free agent after his Achilles tear. I don't think they're bringing him back. But I, I'm sure they're going to bring in someone other than, you know, Keen Mitchell and Gus Edwards. They're going to bring in someone. But he has value. I have Keen Mitchell up to RB30 at this point. Uh, And he's moved up about 80 overall spots over the last month. So he's a big riser for me. And I love the talent. I loved him coming into the NFL. I'm just really glad to see him get an opportunity to play. Now, speaking of someone who I liked coming into the NFL and was kind of disappointed in their initial opportunity, it's Tucker Craft. I really liked him as a tight end prospect in this year's NFL draft class. 
But unfortunately, he kind of got a raw deal. He did get decent draft capital in the third round, but he fell behind another prospect I like in this loaded class, and Luke Musgrave, who the Packers drafted in the second round. Musgrave crushed Kraft in the preseason competition for the starters role, and Kraft was reduced to a bit part role. Over the first eight weeks, he just had two catches for five yards total, barely played. But in week 10, Kraft started to challenge for a little bit more of a role as he developed. Played about 45% of snaps in weeks 10 and 11, the three catches for 38 yards over those two games. And then in week 11, Luke Musgrave suffered that season-ending lacerated kidney, which turned Kraft into the workhorse tight end. Over the last two weeks, interestingly, Kraft has had 96 and 95% snap shares. He's playing every single snap, which is something that Musgrave never did. So I'm not saying that Kraft is better than Musgrave or that he's producing like Musgrave did because Kraft only has five catches for 52 yards and a touchdown on eight targets across the two games. But Musgrave never really gave you that high-end production either. So... If Kraft continues this workhorse usage and strong play over the rest of the season, there's no guarantee that Luke Musgrave has an iron grip on this job. It's not like Luke Musgrave has a massive contract or was a first-round pick. We're talking about a second-round pick versus a third-round pick. Kraft also has draft capital. He's also 23 years old, just like Musgrave. So this is now a legitimate competition. And I moved Musgrave down in my rankings about 20 spots over the last two weeks as I see Kraft, 20 overall spots, not among tight ends. As I see Kraft starting to compete with him. In DLF's November ADP, Kraft didn't even have an ADP. So that obviously is going to change. I have him at Dynasty tight end 22. I like the talent. It does suck that we can't see a way out of the situation. But I always want to have young players with talent because you never know what's going to happen. There is a universe in which Kraft just keeps this starting job and at his low price, is a massive value, which, of course, would mean that Musgrave is a massive bust. Uh, but, you know, we have to see. So, Dynasty tight end 22 for me, and he's been a, a massive riser over the last few weeks. He's probably risen 80 to 90 overall spots. Um, if you like this video, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, of course, check out the Patreon, which is in the top right corner. For all of my Dynasty ranks, you can see all my risers and fallers, not just these five. And um, we're going to keep doing this Dynasty Fantasy Football content on this channel. The first video had over a 1,000 views, and I appreciate everyone for that. But it seems like that's what the people want, and I will deliver the content for the people. So once again, thank you all for watching, and I will see you all later. Peace out.